Hello, Guardian. Mike here. I'm Anthony. You can go by ADOC. That's whatever you prefer. We are both uh, pretty passionate about Destiny 2, the community around it. We want to give you a little bit of our intros of who we are, what we've played in terms of games. Um, we have a pretty interesting dynamic here. I'm sure Anthony could probably uh, agree as well. I'm a veteran Destiny player where I started in the alpha stages. Um, kind of got Anthony along a little bit around what season was it again? Probably end of season nine. So I was like maybe a few days left of season nine before season 10. That was the one after Sundial or before? I think that was, I think that was Sundial. With uh, Saint-14, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Oh, so wait, he, was that was that the one? Because that was the one with him where, where he had that big mission where all the community was kind of partaking and trying to find Bastion. I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. that or not. No. I don't. I don't even think I got it because I literally had the season. I didn't buy the season pass because it was like maybe four or five days. But I remember like going to Tangled Shore and there was like a thing. Once you went into, once you loaded into it, you can like deposit stuff into it. So I'm sure. not sure what that was. Yeah, that was that season. That was season okay. of the on with uh, Sundial. Okay. Um, and things like that. Pretty cool season, but we've led up to you know something a little bit better now. We'll kind of get into that here in just a little bit. I want to give you the intros. I'll, I'll start off first. Again, I'm Mike, a.k.a. McAdley. You guys can find me on twitch.tv slash McAdley as well. Um, Anthony will give his intro as I'm done, and that way, uh, you know, go throw us some follows on, you know, Twitter, Twitch, things like that. We would love to see you in there. Um, so my gaming background is I started gaming at a very young age. I was, uh, I don't know, maybe six or seven years old. My parents allowed me to play a little bit of Mortal Kombat. Um, as you can imagine right now, nowadays, that's pretty frowned upon. Um, but I started off with that. I was more of a console gamer. Uh, I got into the Maddens and, and things about, you know, really sports titles were more kind of my fancy, um, at 10 years old, 11 years old though, uh, we got our first computer, which I think was like, uh, 133 megahertz instead of whatever it was then, um, tiny hard drive. I, I grew up playing a game called aliens online, uh, online subscription based game. I was 10 years old, so you can at that time so you can imagine that was around 1996 1998 maybe um and uh, i got into that i got into a lot of counter-strike i played a ton of counter-strike uh, i played it on a semi-professional level i say semi-pro because i never you know I, I never really made the big stage but a lot of fps background um and that pretty much sums it up there like a lot of fps shooters uh i've been a big avid destiny fan since the alpha kind of like i said here in the very beginning um and anthony i'll give the floor to you bro yeah, uh, my gaming background is pretty limited, I would say. Uh, I've been gaming for about maybe, I'd say, 18 to 20 years, and in, in between that. Started with a uh, Sega Genesis back in the day, Sonic the Hedgehog. We're going way back. Um, and I really started getting into gaming. Uh, I had my PlayStations. I, I did all that. But what really like got me into the next level of gaming was, I, I would have to say, Halo 3 on Xbox. That was... That was probably the the point where I was like, oh, this is like really cool. And I think what kind of um, make me made me really fall in love with Destiny because of the, the similarities in between like Destiny and Halo. I loved Halo so much and, you know, so lore heavy and the universe behind it. And now getting into Destiny and, and Mike was alluding to it a little bit earlier about my experience with it. And we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit, but. Um, I've only been playing Destiny since February of 2020, so mid to end of February I've been playing. I think I checked last night, I've logged a little over 520 hours so far, um, so definitely not a, uh, a, a, you know, a, a seasoned person, but I've definitely put in enough time to to kind of know some basics, and I think that's a really cool thing about this podcast that we're doing is the dynamic that we have uh, me being a newer destiny player and Mike being a veteran destiny player. I think it brings a nice dynamic and to talk about uh, the game uh, and all things destiny. And I think having new guardians that are getting into the game that want to get into destiny that are kind of uh, nervous about it. I know I was at first because everyone was such a high light level i hadn't played the game i had no weapons like I, I didn't know anything of the game so i would say this podcast is a really good conduit for people that want to get into destiny maybe or even veteran players that are reminiscing about older things that happened uh you know when you first played uh you know vault of glass or, or whatever it was 
So I think that's going to be the the dynamic of the show. So there might be some times where I might not know something and Mike will have to know it or uh, he might not know it, but he'll probably know it. Which for all those people too that that have left, just know that Vault of Glass is coming back. So that's pretty mm. cool too. So we finally get to kind of share a lot of those uh, those raids and things like that with the newer players that have just jumped in. And I will say, bro, for you, 500 hours is a ton of time uh to just start off in february we have a cool little story about why we had so much time we may share here towards the end but uh um kind of going from there man yeah it's cool to do this finally i know we've been talking about this for quite some time uh as i told anthony here i was uh i've always wanted like a person that was always willing to play the game that i was really passionate about for a full six years and to wake up because I'm up really late. He's an early bird. When I wake up late, he'll be texting me like, hey, it's reset in like 50 minutes or like 30 minutes, whatever. You know, what do you think's going to happen? And I'm still rubbing my eyes in bed. Uh, it's cool to, you know, have another person that is as passionate as I am about kind of playing the game. Um, but for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's cool, man. And now that you're starting to do the raids and things like that, you're starting to really feel like what it's like to kind of get in a team environment and, and, uh, you know, you're finally using music now again, which yep. I'm pretty impressed, you know, <laughs> hey, man. dying often, but using music, it's going to be good. Um, so we'll kind of get into destiny here, how we got into destiny. You kind of already heard from Anthony because uh, he kind of explained that he just joined in around February or so. Uh, as I kind of stated previously, I was an alpha player. We played, uh, I think the alpha actually gave us, it was original destiny one. The alpha build gave us earth and Venus uh or earth and the moon it was two planets that they gave us and they gave us pretty much a good half of the game just in the alpha so when the when the vanilla game finally launched um it seemed to be like older content that you've already played because they let you play the alpha for quite some time and at that point i had a bunch of friends that we all kind of made some plans and say hey we're gonna grind this when they, when we heard the first raid was announced we had a six player team back from like cod lobbies and such so all of us wanted to play that stuff so uh that was pretty cool to have a team back then but that's how i got into destiny i fell in love i think the first time i've never played a looter shooter um with the original loot cave which i don't know you probably have heard or read about the loot cave anthony i'm guessing as well maybe i actually don't i haven't heard a thing about the loot cave but so the loot cave was on earth on the cosmodrome what would happen is you would get the whole entire lobby that was in that public space it's just like if you go to a place like the tangled short now you'll get the entire lobby in that public event shooting enemies respawning out of a, out of one single cave and we would do this for five or six hours at a time where we would never leave and why we would do this is because they drop engrams, kind of like they do now. In the very beginning of that game, it meant a little bit more than what the power grind is now, where as you start on original base game, every engram counts. And there was uh, a couple of blues that would upgrade to purple. So you'd get your first legendary out of this loot cave. So hoping when they bring back Cosmodrone now, uh, after they fixed the loot cave, they kind of put a little uh, meme down on the ground about, you know, rip loot cave or something or another that way so uh i do know bungie's really good with that in terms of they change something and then add a little bit of comedy to it so i kind of like that um, that's cool they put stuff in the game like that yeah there's been a couple of those that have kind of been like that in d2 but none like the loot cave um you know a lot of the things that you do see you kind of get into it where like you know you can farm uh, nightfalls and stuff now but anyway i don't want to ramble too much and get off track here here's yeah. the uh Here's the uh, uh, um, table of contents, per se. So uh, I'm going to hand it off to Anthony a bunch of times. Uh, we're we're going to go over a season of Arrivals, what we think of it, all of the events, uh, as well as the recaster. We're going to go over the Prophecy Dungeon. We're going to give our opinions on Sunsetting, because that's a cool dynamic. Uh, he's new where he never been through Sunsetting, which wasn't really even called that in Original Destiny, and Iron Banner. And we have a couple of cool two little end segments that's uh, probably nothing that you you know have encountered before from another podcast we're going to kind of engage a little bit and kind of give you a different reason to play the game so are you ready bro yeah man let's go let's get let's into it. do it so the very first thing right now we had uh announcement a couple days ago that bungie and twitch kind of paired up together with an extension um more and more games of kind of getting involved in this where chat actually can kind of engage in a way um the whole thing with this is if you give two subs to any destiny streamer that has the extension enabled as well as you have it running as well um you get 5000 glimmer 12000 xp 
one enhancement core or more. I think you said that you got three or Jason got three or something he said the other day. It was something like that. It was like between one to three, but I, I really couldn't even remember how much I had. But it was some, it something was, along those lines. It was random, I guess. It was just uh, you know, a chance of getting something, as well as trial tokens. So this Friday, we're going to be kind of experiencing that where you have to rate 10 matches and you get trials tokens throughout and XP, I believe. So that's really cool. I mean, that's one thing that I've always liked about Bungie is they've always, in my opinion, have been for the community. Now they're really giving back to all of those that broadcast their game on a platform like Twitch. Um, and it's just a beautiful thing to see uh, community members engaging with actual game developers the way Bungie does. I mean, there's no other game dev out there like that, man. Yeah, for sure. And I know for a little bit of time, they've had that um, Destiny extension where if you're watching someone on uh, that is playing Destiny, that's doing Trials of Osiris, for example, um, you can kind of like rate a match afterwards. Um, so they've added this new integration, uh, which which is really cool. And you get a dope shader doing it as well. You gift mm -hmm. two subs uh, to a streamer of your choice and um, you get access to it. You get access to a, a stream of Light Emblem. The Watcher's Shade Shader, uh, and you pick it up from Amanda Holiday in the tower. So it's kind of a cool engagement. Uh, you know, you're giving to someone, and you're getting something in return. So it's helping the community. Uh, it's helping you getting something that uh, it's exclusive and won't be there forever. And so I think it's a it's a win 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 with everyone. I know you like I, the shaders too, right? Yeah, dude, it's a dope shader. I I think for me, like the the purple shaders are like the coolest ones. Uh, I really. I have a few that I run that are just like always go tos. Uh, Ancient Republic is one of them. Um, it has like it's like a red and purple shader, and then this one is a really dope shader. Uh, there's a few shaders that I really like, uh, but this one for sure, the uh, Watcher shade, really fun. Um, really like it. Dope. Awesome, Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool too, especially because it kind of makes you feel like a little twitched up, right? Like a lot of people have twitch jackets that are the purple and black, but kind of gives you another way to show that you're you were you've been engaged with the community member as well as twitch um i know i personally had a couple of friends that dropped their subs on me which i'm super honored for uh i can't thank you guys enough that did drop those gifted subs over i got the emblem as well i went to um bandwipe's channel um and i dropped some subs over to him because he's a really good pvp player and, and i like watching that guy a lot so uh pretty cool cool community engagement really like it um, we're going to get a little bit into what we think about the new season, uh, season of arrivals. Uh, this is the, what the prelude up into the next expansion, man. We're going to yep. be, uh, we're going to be ready to rock. I think we both took, uh, three days off September 22nd to stay home yep. from work and play games. Hey, we're going to be ready. Uh, so even I, I kind of want to start this with just talking about the season. Uh, you know, we, we got through season 10 and, and from a lot of just community feedback, um, me, not so much, just because season 10 was really my first season. And I think what's funny about it is that that was, you know, from a lot of people in the community, that's probably like the worst season that they've experienced from from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, so the whole uh, Seraph Tower uh, public events, you know, it, it really did get dry after a few weeks. You know, you're upgrading all the, you know, the war mine things. And once you do it, it just it, it felt so much like a chore and it really didn't feel as rewarding as I thought it would. But it, like I was still trying to get into the game. And I think for me, just from from a, a, a new Destiny player perspective, I had so much to do. I had all of uh, the campaigns to go through. I had Menagerie. I had the the raids to start going through. So I really had a lot. So it was kind of like nice to kind of take a break from it from a little bit. I would do some Shadow Keep campaign and then maybe go do a public event. So it was kind of a, a nice thing to do, but a lot of players kind of stepped away from season 10. Um, so when we got into season 11, and we watched the announcement video just before we even talk about Season of Arrivals, just to see that they dropped like the next three major expansions of the game. Just it's showing crazy, that was like dude. everyone was freaking out because you saw it was Beyond Light. You're like, okay, cool, great. I'm like super stoked. This is what it is. We get to, you know, wield the darkness. This is great. And then you see the next two and you're like, yo. The um, Witch Queen, man. That and then and then cool. Lightfall. Uh, mm -hmm. which would be the the last one that's a, a running title it's not the official but uh, and, and i'm sure we'll have later episodes kind of talking about what we expect and and what might happen in terms of the destiny lore and where we could be going again purely speculation but i think it's kind of nice to talk about where the game's going what the lore is going to do and uh where we're going to be in the next few years but um getting back on track to talking about seasons of arrivals 
Um, Mike, if you want to start off with just kind of talk about a little bit of um, the season so far. What they brought in and what I like and what I dislike. Sure, I'll go with, uh, so kind of like Anthony was just saying last season, season of the Worthy, uh, they did bring in, which was the first live event, which is absolutely awesome. I wish it would have yeah. been shorter, right? But uh, yeah. 90 minutes of you kind of staring up at the sky all for the culmination of the uh, the all, almighty crashing down into Earth around the tower and kind of damaging the tower as well. I thought that was really cool. Uh, we played a lot of Fortnite together, so we've kind of experienced these live events. So that led into the new season of Arrivals. And uh, I think the the recaster in the very beginning uh, was a really cool feature. You kind of controlled. A lot of people have been asking, hey, I want more control over loot, right? You know, you can have RNG with what, uh, what slot it drops in, uh, helmet, armor, or weapons, things like that those slots but then you have uh you do have the ability of changing up uh armor mods with that if you really want to or not mods but stats we'll kind of talk about that a little bit um and then they fixed what seemed to be a bug which was really awesome considering i know i loved it <laughs> dude and that, that's one of those things that i feel like they take away that they should keep in it's just like the uh menagerie chest right they only yep. used to drop one but people would glitch it because they wanted more loot. They wanted a way to get better loot. So um, they fixed that chest, and then they gave you more drops at the end of Menagerie. In this, um, originally what it was doing is if you um, – I'm trying to think of the right word for you focused, it, it. If you focused an umbral. Yeah, if you focused an umbral with Tier 2 of the focus, not the stat-rolled armor tier, but Tier 2 – there was a chance, and it was happening more to armor than weapons, it seemed like, but it would have a really good chance of dropping higher power level. Um, it would just that, drop powerful gear every time you every time you ran it. So it would show you whatever your light level is. Hey, this is what's going to drop at. But as soon as you open it, it it like it was like a powerful drop every single yeah. time. And it gave you that opportunity of getting some some you know powerful engrams at that point, or some you know rewards. Because generally, the first week when you go through all of all of all of your powerfuls right your strikes you go through crucible you go through gambit once you go through all of those and you and you kind of use up all of your powerfuls there's really not a lot of sources left to do other than if you're grinding pvp for ranks and things like that right so when they gave you that i felt like that was intentional i thought that that was a, a totally intentional thing which it, it ended up being fixed um yeah. but let's just say i don't i don't exactly use the recaster much anymore but to clear out inventory at this point um and to get possibly better rolls on weapons armor i can really do without i haven't gotten i think rank 82 or rank 72 you do get armor focus the extra stat i think you even said it only gives you like 10 or 20 in one in one category mm -hmm. right or it's 10 yeah. plus it's not even a big plus it's just that right it, it said it said it was a if you if you go to the tier three so if you're in the recaster and you go to the uh focused on whatever stat it it, it guarantees you a plus 10 in whatever slot which to me, it doesn't seem worth it for all of the currency that you're going because if you just, just based on normal RNG, I can get an armor piece to drop with maybe a, a plus 22 or a plus 23 in the slot that I want. Whereas mm -hmm. if I spend all that hard-earned uh, altered element currency and an umbral engram that I'm farming just by playing the game, it I'm guaranteed a plus 10, but maybe something higher. Um, I haven't had too great of an experience personally i don't know if maybe someone else that's listening has um but in my experience i feel as though that focused armor at the bottom is it just isn't worth it to me no 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 not at all because random rolls can give you more than that if i'm not right. mistaken so yeah. i mean you're really wasting that altered element at that point and I, I just you can use it on a weapon of your choice to get a better roll i feel like it's better used on weapons anyways to be honest with you just get your um, god roll gnawing hunger and that's it you know? and that's it man just shred pvp just like everyone else is doing i think the first week of trials last week uh or was the week before that man gnawing hunger it just ran rampant with like 80 something percent kills or it's yeah. it's just that's what the meta right right now at this moment is so yeah it's the trending um, weapon if you go to light gg uh gnawing hunger is like the top trending weapon still um for for good reason i mean it's yeah it's it shreds man it's just especially if you have a decent role that is just something that you don't want to turn a corner of a guy that's already pre-firing that thing um speaking about altered elements though uh, i would agree and say which i'm sure you might be able to as well people were afk farming forges in the very beginning oh, because yeah. of the, because of the lack of them right so people needed more sources to get these i'm not going to say any names of people i know it's neither of us but there there was a bunch of people on my friends list that uh, i would wake up 
uh, I don't know, 5 a.m. sometimes from like a nap. I have a really weird sleep schedule. And there they are in the Izanami's for uh, Izanagi, Izanami, right? Izanami? Izanami, I think. Or let's just pick another forge then too that, you know, I can't botch the name with. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so um, any one of the forges at that point in time though, right? They're in the forge and they're playing it. So I think the trick was you had to lower your power level under 600 or something like that. Mm. Um, which I didn't have any gear for that. So I was kind of cool with that. I earned all of my element, but although, uh, you know, I can see every week, unless you're doing the bounties, you run very, very low on them. Uh, I do have the perks now where I think we were playing iron banner last night and it was dropping a couple of them, which helped. Um, at least for me, it did, I think it was like 50 or 25 a pop. Yeah. Uh, it's usually random. It's not a guarantee, but sometimes mm -hmm. you'll see it. Yeah. Once in a while, I think out of four games, I noticed it once, you know, who knows how much more I got, but, um, so that was really useful trying to get to that soft power cap uh, uh, or towards that powerful power cap of 1050. You can use and abuse that stuff. You get the umbrals from the forges as well to drop every so often. It wasn't every single one as well, but every so often would also drop umbrals. You would take them back. Uh, using that previous bug with the power glitch, I guess they would consider it. Uh, you would. I've seen a lot of people up to 1050, not including the artifact pretty early. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's something that I think is interesting, too, because you, you look at the Umbral Engrams uh, and the Altered Element as the, the new thing for the season, for Season of Arrivals. Uh, and I, and I, whenever I'm looking at stuff like that, I'm thinking about the longevity of that mechanic and how long it's usable and how long it's good for. Uh, I know, at least from last season, for Season of the Worthy, uh, it was tough sometimes to farm Warmind bits and then encrypted Warmind bits. Like, the the public events were super difficult like it always felt like it was really difficult and if you didn't have a team that knew what they were doing and coordinated like you wouldn't get that extra chest you wouldn't be able to you know to get the plus 25 or whatever warm mind bits to you know to especially the seven towers right yeah right yeah so so from from this point like and now kind of looking at it in hindsight um now that once you reach the soft cap which is 1050 the the recaster it kind of seems a little bit pointless at this point um and and it could be from different players right like there might be other players that are extremely casual that maybe can log a couple hours a week and so for this entirety of this season you know that might be enough for them they might play it at a slower rate where the recaster is still a great option from them they, like they're still using it and they still need it because they need to get that light level and they're not someone like Mike or I that'll you know grind something as soon as it drops and like try our best to get the highest light level that we possibly can so I, I don't think it's a, a terrible thing um for certain players um for us it's probably not the best because we want that power as soon as possible and we'll grind for it as soon as possible but that's just my opinion on the uh on the recaster and the umbral engrams altered element itself yeah, it's not as useful as it was. And, you know, it's kind of a segue into what, what, you know, why we were grinding really hard is when the announcement of what the new season was, because Bungie kept the season under wraps all the way up until they were, I yeah, think, no that leaks. Tuesday. Yeah, that there was, was nothing at all. Um, they did like they did leak the season name. I guess a person got a hold of it through one of the PlayStation stores, I think, in a different language or a country. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but they were able to kind of say that this is uh, what the season name is going to be. But that doesn't really tell us anything. It tells us a little bit, I guess, but not enough. Um, we we were grinding so hard Tuesday throughout the day trying to get everything done because they announced the Prophecy Dungeon. We're like... Which was a drop. We're like, what? New we're like, Dungeon oh, too? Dude, usually that Friday, they'll come out with a dungeon. I think Shattered Throne was a little bit into the expansion, and the Pit was also... I think the Pit was that Friday, which they usually do raids, but because it didn't come with the raid, they gave us the Pit, so... But, but that's um, crazy, though. You drop a dungeon when you don't drop an expansion of a game. It's just a new season. That's, we're yeah. not expanding the game yet, which was, which was crazy. So we were like, okay. I didn't expect like, content like, like that. Right. Yeah. So it was really cool to see a big dungeon come into the game when, you know, I, I liked Pit, but I didn't realize how much I don't like Pit now until I like Prophecy. Yeah. Uh, it could be because it's new. You know, it could be new still to us. I've I've done it. I think we checked last time. Uh, I've went through it 15 times already. Most of it with you. Yeah, um, I, did, I did 11. So you might have ran a few extra times. But again, like it, the dungeon itself, like, well, and we're going to get into the dungeon now. But um from from playing all three dungeons as a uh, a new light player i would call myself 
um, by far. This is my favorite one. I think it's the most engaging, like the the mechanic itself. And it was funny when we played, I actually figured out the mechanic because I'm looking at everything and they're like, there's a light and dark and everyone's like, what? And there's mm-hmm. people that were trying not to spoil the dungeon that, you know, or they were just trying to like, hey, just do the dungeon, you know, just don't tell anyone about it, just experience it on your own. So when we went into it, we went into it blind. We didn't know what to expect and we just see these, you know, these light and dark, like little little sand things that are projecting this like beam of light, whether it's light or dark. And we're just like trying to figure out like, how do you like, how do you do this? How do you do this? And I'm like, wait, yeah. you gotta stand in the light. You gotta stand in the dark. And um, <laughs> and we figured out the mechanic, and it was so. Yeah, that's what's kind of cool too about it is uh, being more on the veteran side, just to kind of watch Anthony go through and 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 learn the mechanics of a new piece of content it was really cool because like even going back to like way back, Vault of Glass being the first raid, I've never played WoW, and WoW had a lot of raids like that. But just to kind of experience with another group of you know two people in this case, right, a max of three. Uh, a raid is up to six and you have six people talking to try to figure out what is going on and how do we solve this puzzle. Uh, it was kind of cool to watch him kind of learn pretty quick in terms of that uh, moat mechanic um, and then get to that next boss fight. So we were severely underpowered at that time. I think we were yeah. negative 30 or 40 of what the light was. I think the first encounter was 1050. Um, yeah, we were I like playing we were... something like 1020 something. We yeah, were in the 1020, we mid- almost 1030. Yeah. And it, it, it was challenging, to say the least. Um, content that is very hard and challenging like that, though, in my opinion, is 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 what you want in the very beginning. Although a lot of people, uh, I'm a Twitter fiend, and I have to stay off of it these last couple of weeks or so because there's just a lot of stuff going on. But Twitter was, uh, man, like, you know, this is so difficult. Like, why are you going to release something so early like this and not allow players to get power level? I mean, that's the purpose of it, though, man. Like, you don't want to raid day one where you can jump into it and beat it, right? They had... The comp mechanic, I think, that they use first for um, Crown of Sorrow, I think they use it first, uh, or it might have been Last Wish, actually, where it, it was locked at a specific power level, mm-hmm. um, and at and at that point, right, like, you couldn't go, even if you were higher than that, it would lock you at 1025, too, so let's just say, um, and um, with all of that being said, it, it, was, it was very rewarding to get through it, I think we got through it Sunday night, we tried it on Friday, we took off on Saturday in terms of dungeon, and then I was like, let's try to do it again, man, because I don't like to fail. You know, I don't like to feel like we couldn't do it because of I'm not good. I wanted to do it because I wanted to say we did this damn thing. So, right. Um, and, we, and we ended up doing it. I think it was, yeah. we put eight hours total into it. We spent five hours. We got to um, the second big encounter and we just we had to like call it because it was getting to a point where we just like like not that we didn't know what to do because we knew what to do. We got to the last cube. <laughs> the first try and then yeah. after that we just kept like subsequent passes of it we just kept messing it up we kept getting sniped by a hobgoblin like just we weren't able to kill things fast enough so the um, night yeah. fire is insane the night yeah. fire would shred us the minute it would hit us and and i wasn't one to grind last wish raid but a lot of the taken mods that you get from that anthony and i run the uh chest every week from um shuro chi and i've gotten now i gotten taken barrier i gotten taken armaments um all of that stuff helps out towards that now um, where now it seems to be a little bit easier, um, even with the power level, you know, uh, us being over what it is, I think we're close to 1070. I know you hit 1070 now, but yeah, um, with, I'm with close to that. Yeah. 1068, I think with the artifact as well, but, and it seems easy now because we're at the right power level, but, um, that challenging reward in the very beginning, I mean, I have a clip, you know, I hope if this hits up YouTube that I can show a clip uh of of how passionate i get and how amped up i get after we finally drop the boss there at the very end and uh um there's nothing like the feeling of being like man i just dropped eight hours into this and we finally beat it so yep it was a, um, it was a cool, cool feeling armor's uh, dope as hell too i love yeah, the armor yeah that's for it. that's a that's a great segue into it because you beat the boss you get that moonfang armor set mm-hmm. which i i think that's like the dopest armor yeah um so far out of like everything that i've like touched or got um moonfang armor for sure it's super great um and kind of talking a little bit about the armor itself i i I think this is something to touch on and i think bungie did a really good job on this and i and i I kind of hope that they use this and they and they um they bring this way of dropping loot into the future for future raids or just new content that's dropped um is having a loot pool set and it expands week to week. So you have multiple chests that you open up within the Prophecy Dungeon. Uh, I think there's like two hidden chests that you can get in the uh, the dungeon as well, I believe. It's yes. two, the two uh, secret ones. 
um, and it opens up that loot pool. So every single drop, uh, you know, you get something, and the next week you might get that too. But on the final uh, boss fight, and you defeat the boss, you get a new piece of the armor, which is great. So you run it every week, and you have access to it. So if I ran the dungeon this week and I got a helmet, I can keep running that dungeon over and over again to get a better roll of that helmet, which is great. I'm guaranteed to get that helmet. And I think it brings a nice uh, sense of replayability. It allows players to say, hey, I found something that I really like. How do I get this better? Um, so it adds longevity into playtime and it gets people to want to keep running things. Uh, and I think it's a great thing. Yeah, it helps it not feel stale either, right? Because right. like a lot of the raids and such, you can only go through it. Um, you know, raids are a little bit longer, of course, right? So with time, you may not be able to breeze through them all in an hour, which you can now, but um, in the very beginning, of course, where uh, dungeons should have at least at a minimum the replayable value of going through and getting the loot again, which is the focus on being better roles. Um, and I think Bungie's definitely hit that on this expansion, which I was very impressed with. When I heard that you can replay it again, uh, that's why I think we kept doing it the first week is is right. I just wanted to go through it and I just wanted different armor, but I didn't know that the loophole was quite set up that way yet, uh, which I should have known. But um, and and what's kind of funny is I feel like with the recluse, you know, I know this is a little off topic, but with the recluse kind of leaving, which we'll kind of get into sunsetting here in just a little bit with the recluse leaving, they kind of added the death adder, which looked just like the recluse. But every role I've gotten so far, uh, it just it doesn't feel like it. Uh, no, it feels like it it's a poor, cheap substitute. It's almost like uh, getting a, you know, a plastic imitation something that uh, just doesn't live up to the expectations. Uh, you know, it's like a it's like a mock almost of what it could be. Um, and and there's no role that I've gotten yet. I think I have dynamic sway reduction with Firefly. Uh, PVE way that's a really cool role. It doesn't hit mm -hmm. as hard and it runs out of ammo pretty quickly for the most part, unless you're putting backup mag on for your, you know, your mod or something or another there. But uh, the Trials of the Nine armor is back in the dungeon as well. That's like, uh, that's the in between, like the original boss. I think you can get a piece of the Trials armor as well as the puzzle, the Q puzzle. Um, and at the very end, you do get the Moonfang. So the trial set, I remember, because I earned all of that stuff when I used to play Trials of the Nine back in Vanilla Destiny all the way up to Warmind. Um, you know, I played a lot of Trials on PS4 until I switched over to PC in October. So I had a lot of that stuff already. Uh, but it's cool to see it back. It has Coda at the end of it. Um, you know, shame on me. I don't know what that means. But um, I think it has yeah. something to do with it's just being like a reprise armor set. Uh, of that so uh, it's cool to see and it's cool to kind of combine that with the moon, moon fang i have a pretty cool loadout right now i got the chest piece with all of the moon fang gear around the chest piece of it and i think it looks pretty sick so um with that with that being said i i know a heated discussion is definitely sunsetting yep. um so this may be not a little longer than expected but um, I have one opinion. I know a lot of people online that are newer to the game have another opinion. I haven't really dug deep with Anthony yet of what he thinks of it, although I've, you know, I've asked him and he's kind of given me a very bland, uh, not really a, a, a discussion about it, but this is why I wanted to kind of keep it for this. And that way you kind of hear an, an organic discussion between us of what we think. Um, so I'll let him kind of go first and I'll give you my idea of me being a veteran player, uh, playing in with what was kind of built in sunsetting inside Destiny 1, where every big expansion you got new armor as well as new weapons that was already a thing but um what's your thoughts on sunsetting man so from, from the idea that you your weapons in certain uh, activities whether it's trials or iron banner or raids um become unusable in a sense like you still have the weapons you still can use them whenever you like but they're of no value to you if you need something that's going to change your light level so from a perspective of like you work really hard for a weapon like i remember when i was trying i think the the most stressful gun that i had to get for just because it just took forever for me um was probably recluse like recluse for for some reason or another it just it angered me because i was trying to get these wins or whatever the part of it was that i had to get as part of the quest and i worked really hard on the gun and i got the gun finally um and it was just so nice to say, like, yeah, I finally have this gun, and I got to use it. And I put in, I'd say, at least almost 6,000 kills with the gun already since I've been playing for five months. Um, sure. And I, and I love the gun. My, my problem is, I, I think there's... I think the allure to Destiny is it is a looter shooter. 
but what makes the game so unique is the vast variety of weapons that you can choose like you have shotguns sidearms like like you swords like bows everything like you can pick and choose whatever you like the problem that i have with sunsetting it's like you're you're forcing a meta in a way of like this you, like you can't use this anymore you can but you really can't um sure. powerful and I just, stuff you can't right and i just feel like it's like it's a game that i am choosing to play like i put in this time that i can you know be doing other things but i i've chosen to put my time into this game and i want to work on getting this weapon and once i have this weapon i want to use it until i find something else that i want to use instead uh and i'll kind of talk about what i've been using recently besides recluse um which is kind of a little funny thing and we'll talk about it in our next uh big discussion but um personally i feel like it it kind of sucks like i and again i haven't invested enough time into the game as uh, maybe some people that are de destiny veterans but i i don't like the fact of like you're forcing a meta or you're forcing changes that maybe some people don't want and and i think there's some individuals that are like yeah you know i'm kind of tired of using this i want to use something new but to to put everyone on the same train of nope you all have to stop using it like mountaintop for example i had this discussion with mike multiple times of you know do i do i sweat to get this mountaintop for 86 days left in the season before it's non-existent anymore and i and i said no so uh last week i was actually farming uh militia's birthright which uh, is a grenade launcher that you know it's similar to mountaintop but it's not mountaintop um to kind of allow me to get a grenade launcher in a kinetic slot that i can use and it'll kind of fill a void that i'm missing um because i don't want to grind for the gun i don't want to grind for the gun because it's going to be sunset and i think that sucks too like if you're thinking about hey i want to invest time in getting this gun now i can't because it's going to be irrelevant why waste sure. the time sure so it, um it, it, especially you being new late you know right unquote, and, and i want to get the gun like i i really want mountaintop i've i've that's like a gun that i've i've picked up the quest and like just you know dismantled the quest multiple at times. It. <laughs> yeah. right because i'm just like like do i spend the time doing this or do i focus on you know getting better armor sets working on my warlock like you know you you, you pick and choose how you're spending your time in the game and you kind of have to make that choice of do i spend the time doing this or something else so that's kind of a little bit on my my discussion on sunsetting yeah and it's it's understandable as well i try to play both sides of the fence not that i like to in terms of i agree as well as i disagree because i can see but uh, I try to see both points just because there is a lot of validity in terms of you saying, hey, I'm going to put time into this and now I'm not going to be able to really use it anymore. Um, especially a lot of the quests like prior to the nerfs of the quest. Um, I don't remember what the nerfs were because I already had the weapons at that time, so I didn't really pay too much attention. But they nerfed both of those quests. Those quests were grindier than what they are now. So you can imagine putting all of your time into something like the original quest just to know the next season you can use it in pvp and regular crucible but anything right. where power matters you're kind of out of luck and i watched one of the streamers i'm not gonna name who but he was going through his entire inventory erasing everything and it's mm -hmm. just like yeah, what yeah. what point are you proving right now that that like you can keep those weapons you've earned those weapons you can if it, he's a he's a pvp -er, by the way so you play regular pvp you're gonna be able to use those weapons i just thought it was a very poor way of showing his community that hey here's here's what i feel and you can voice your opinion and say hey you don't like it because of all the time spent is now lost but here's my look on sunsetting because coming from destiny one we had that kind of built in where they even took gallahorn away from us exotic weapons they took away from us um in a sense so they took it away in a way that gallahorns can only go up to if i recall correctly power level or it was it was light level back then um light level 335 so the first big year you were only able to put that exotic where every exotic now in the game you keep every exotic that you've earned right now it's not going to be uh you know a victim to sunsetting per se which so, is good i'm happy yeah about that. and that's a smart move because exotic armor and things like that exotic weapons i mean those should be balanced enough to stay in the sandbox maybe if they balance wither horde but we'll we'll see if that comes uh at any given time because it is a little op in control 
if you use it correctly. But to get back on to original D1, they they made Gallahorn come back, I think, in year three with Rise of Iron because everyone wanted it. There was a point in time that, like, you couldn't LFG Crota's Raid without you having Gallahorn. People would write in there, if you don't have Gallahorn, you can't join my fire team. So that's how that how strong that weapon was and how viable it was that uh, we don't need, in my opinion, for a weapon to stay that whole time. Uh, I mean, exotics are something a little different and such, but um, in 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 terms of like exotic weapons and things like that, those can stay. Regular weapons like Recluse, I mean, I've been using that for three years now. Me personally, I don't want to use it anymore. I want something else that I can put in that slot that I can hump. Uh, hop into a, hop into a regular strike that power matters and i'm doing the power grind i want to be able to use something different um so the my my thought on sunsetting is the game will always change it's a looter shooter right we're never going to stop looting that's the main purpose of the game but i do see the time investment part of it and that's what's so hard to really be 100 percent on the side of of sunsetting because you do get the new light players that are like man if this is how the game is going to be why am i grinding for anything right it, it takes the attraction away from it but here, here here's here's my counter thing if why focus on sunsetting when like if those guns are good why not put out better guns that are going to make like like for me like when wither horde dropped like in the kinetic slot i'm like yo i used wither horde i i i love wither horde so like if you make guns that make you say i don't want to use this anymore i'm going to use this instead it sure. takes the whole idea out of sunsetting like like re essentially you're you're reinventing the wheel you're making something that's like you have to use this gun I think that's I don't know if it's I, I wouldn't say a lazy laziness thing because, you know, Bungie does a lot of great things for the game and they incorporate so much. But I think an even better way, like don't force people out of weapons, create things that are going to make them want to switch to that weapon because it's not going to matter if you create something that's great. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like I'm gonna use that gun or I'm gonna abuse that new gun if it's that good. That's why sure. Northern Hunger so well right now. Like everyone's using the gun because it's a great gun. Like I'm not using it because oh they're gonna sunset my recluse, so I need something in my well, energy slot. To, to be fair with the gnawing hunger though, it wasn't always that good. After the last big patch, they've kind of buffed auto rifles in that way that makes it, you know, you know, damage per second on inside of a you know PvP arena. They made right. it that much better. So that's why now you're seeing it all of a sudden versus uh, when it first came out, it came out uh, as part of Reckoning uh, in the Joker's Wild expansion. Um, that was one of those guns that came out then that was, hey, it was still good then, but I would rather use the recluse over it. And as much as I see the point of, of make something better, um, a lot of articles, I don't know the exact definition of power creep other than just saying, hey, I'm going to infuse everything into this weapon and I'm just going to creep that power up to max power. Um, I feel like it's always good to have those weapons for things like PvP and any activity that unfortunately regular, you know, um, you know, solo play or the campaign will always have power creep generally or have a power uh, specifically because that a lot of those events and a lot of those activities do raise your power level. So you you almost have to have something like that. But in terms of sunsetting, why I'm for sunsetting is because I do not want to be forced to use something else, right? Because Bungie's big thing that they have said in the past is play your way. That's always been a motto of theirs and a lot of their Vidocs is, hey, we want you to play your way. So this, in terms of sunsetting, is kind of, if you can think of it, which it's pretty obvious, it's kind of going against their motto right now. Right. You're not, you're not letting me play my way. You're kind of taking something away and you're forcing me to play a certain way. Um, but with new weapons and that's what i'm kind of curious on that's where i'm on the fence that's what that's why i'm on the fence i guess is because in the past things like forsaken they brought kind of mediocre weapons to the table which is the same perks that they've always been right if you don't have an outlaw and a, and a rampage uh you know um bygones or something like that with kill clip as well like one of the mods being kill clip with any one of those other fast reload perks um, the weapon, in my opinion, is useless, right? You want that god rollers, you're not going to use uh, uh, out, outlaw kill clip bygones. There's no reason to. So something like that, that you need to make a diverse perk or perks like they kind of do with Iron Banner, kind of cool. They brought in Iron Gaze as well as um, Iron Grip, which, again, Iron Banner is going to be talked about here towards the end, um, kind of gives us the ability of experiencing new perks with different mods, and that way you can build a customized skill set 
um, for a challenging activity with a new gun that, hey, may not be the recluse. Uh, but the reason why they took that stuff away is they had pinnacle weapons of what they called pinnacle weapons, where what the mountaintop was, what the recluse was. My my way around it is, why don't you make these weapons exotic? Why don't you make a variation in season 12 where it'll force you, hey, you have a little story mission on these two specific weapons that it forces you to create an exotic version of it. And that's what you power level up, right? Because if you're using something like that, you can't use those both weapons at the same time it's impossible um yeah that's 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 another way too I, that's that's kind of a creative way like that would yeah. be cool or or just allowing you to um experience new weapons that are better than that like let like de- like bungie comes out with a weapon in the energy slot that's 10 times better than recluse and you wouldn't dare run recluse because you're going to run this like for whatever reason because of its intrinsic perks or, or whatever it is i think that would be kind of a cool way so that you're not technically forcing people like it, it still allows them to to uh to kind of open up the loophole and, and allow people to, to pick and choose what they want but it doesn't um punish people that are trying to work to get this gun for completion purposes or, or you know just because they want the gun because their friend uses it and they want to have it too you know whatever it is but I, I i hear the side to it i don't think there's definitely not a right or wrong at the end of the day sunsetting is happening whether we like it or not i just think that it would have been nice to have some options to kind of like say we can either go down this route or this route, have a nice open discussion or have some community engagement as to why. And I'm sure this has been a long standing and talked about topic. You know, again, I haven't been around that long to, to discuss it. But um, yeah, I, I just think like it is a game that we spend money on that we choose to play. We should play it our way. And, and yeah, and that's that's what's so good about being a gamer nowadays, man. Is a lot of these uh, a lot of these companies listen to their player base, right? Where you have to. I used to play games on the uh, NES back in the day, where I would play Super Mario Brothers. Uh, they never patched that game. That game was what you played. If you didn't like it, you're not buying it. So, um, gaming in general has come a long way in terms of uh, kind of giving the players a chance to voice their opinion, to provide feedback. I mean, they do these events sometimes that they fly out a lot of content creators, which would be cool if they bring a smaller guys every once in a while, but they bring usually content creators of saying, Hey, what could we do better? Uh, what, what do you want to see? How do we change the sandbox of PVP? What activities do you want to see in PVE? So they have these events sometimes that kind of let people elaborate of what they can fix. Um, but I, me personally, I'm not, I'm still not used to, uh, communities being able to change the scope of a game and kind of sculpt it the way that they want to play it um that's still a little foreign to me so listen um, man if the community can change the way how sonic the hedgehog looks they can do anything <laughs> I promise that was incredible man i kind of like the original sonic man i'm not gonna lie he kind of looked like he was more uh what humanized right where he's just weird looking man he, he, he was weird though he was a little weird it wasn't uh yeah, I'm kind of glad they like changed Sonic. it. No, it looked like the game character after they changed it, thankfully right. enough. And that was a nice thing. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to the last topic of the episode. We're talking Iron Banner. It is back for the first time this season. What do you think of it so far? Connection-based matchmaking has been the most fun in PvP in a very long time, and it's noticeable, right? We can go into a couple games. I think we ran uh, hours last night just to kind of give our opinion on it, a fair opinion with different weapons and such. Um, and connection-based matchmaking, you can go in and absolutely mercy three games in a row. And uh, I got paired with, uh, I think I think I was playing with you. We we were matched against um, Pro Bro, Goth, Char. Um, I forget the yeah. other two people. Um, I think True Vanguard. And uh, we got mopped, man, because yeah, they were... we got mercy quick. We got mopped. I mean, I've played them previously in survival and comp playlists where it's a three-on-three environment and it's a different story there. But they had a full team, a full six stack. Uh, and I'll kind of elaborate a little bit about what I think could happen or should happen, but I don't think this is ever going to be a thing. But um, they mopped the floor with us. Uh, it, it was it was not enjoyable, to say the least, in terms of that. But that's the other side of when we mercy the heck out of people. That's how they feel. It's like, how are we getting stacked with these guys? So one idea that I would like that, you know, kind of off topic, but uh, one idea that I would like for Iron Banner in terms of um, how to make it better is have it like you have survival now. Have it like you have comp. Have a... A, a group setting that you can join if you're partnered with one other person you have to be forced in, in into this group matchmaking or have like um um freelance iron banner right where you can go in everyone is solo i don't know how they would do that on their servers but 
uh, you know, I'm not a tech guy, of course, in terms of that, but uh, I, it would be cool to see them have a, have a, have a, have a solo playlist where I can log in one night that no one's on and I can kind of enjoy it a little bit more. Um, cause the stomping doesn't feel good. Although connection-based matchmaking, generally there's not a lot of lagging going on a couple games here and there, but, uh, you can definitely tell I don't have to sweat every single game as I'm playing trials, um, or like I'm playing trials in uh, iron banner. So. Uh, what do you think about the weapons though, dude? Cause these are the first times that you're using or the first time that you're using a lot of these weapons, like the new AR and like the new sidearm. I know you are, uh, a, a big fool's remedy guy now. So, yeah. uh, it's, what's your um, thought on the weapons? so the, the two weapons released and I thought, you know, the first thing I looked at was, um, you know, the, the auto rifle, it's like a 600 RPM kinetic auto rifle. I'm like, cool, let's give it a try. Um, personally me, I didn't like it. Uh, and we've kind of discussed this off the show, um, just kind of the reasons why, but to to reiterate and to ex- expand upon it, yeah. um, I don't like the muzzle flash. It. Um, yeah. It's just not, it, it's just not my favorite. I, I think at the end of the day, I would much rather use, um, like I'd rather use Soros, to, to be honest with you. Um, sure. it, it would just be better or gnawing hunger for that uh, point. Um, I just think it hits better. Uh, it's not. The, there's no obstruction in front of me if I'm trying to 1v1 someone and we're strafe battling and I'm trying to shoot. So for me, it, it's a cool gun. I like it. Um, I have a decent roll of one uh, and I still get them occasionally when I played Iron Banner. But um, for me, it's it's Fool's Remedy. Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, and I don't think we even talked about it at the beginning, just talking about class mains. Uh, I started uh, D2 on PC as a hunter uh, and I've put in, I think, about over... I'd say close to almost 450 hours on my Hunter. So I'm pretty good with the Hunter. And um, it's a nice, fun build when I can use Fool's Remedy and uh, I can use uh, the Gauntlet Mechaneer's Trick Sleeve, um, which pairs nicely with it. And it's just a lot of fun. I think the sidearm hits really hard. It's really sticky. Uh, I've used it in Iron Banner, Crucible. I've even used it in two runs of the Prophecy Dungeon. I used that as my energy weapon. And I was just killing everything it just it the, the really damage stacked so well it hits well and i it, it's just such a satisfying like the the weapon archetype is so nice being a what is a soros uh, rapid fire frame i think that's the the name of the actual frame itself sure um it just it, it, it hits great i really like it um it's probably one of my favorite guns this season uh there's a couple that I really like. Um, Wither Horde's one of them, and uh, this one's up there as well. I've definitely used this a few times without taking Recluse, and Mm -hmm. um, I've had a lot of fun with it, so this has kind of been a a fun weapon to use, and uh, I'm still trying to grind and find better and better rolls. But yeah, I really like it, in my opinion. I think it's a great gun. Uh, Something Uh I really like about Iron Banner as well is the bounties and the fact that they are pinnacle. All of them, Um, Yeah, something that we kind of talked about towards the beginning of the episode, uh, we're talking about the bug in the recaster where it's doing powerful drops. Um, you know, it was just, it felt really rewarding just like, you know, constantly raising the power level. So getting more and more opportunities now with the uh, re-release of Iron Banner this season, you just have more options to get pinnacle drops. You know, you're set to your same thing. You get your strikes, your gambit, your crucible, your dungeons, and the raid. Uh, and I think the uh, Nightfall as well, and uh, Nightmare Hunt. So mm-hmm. you're 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 limited on what you can do. So giving you an opportunity to get four more Pinnacle drops, uh, I think it's great. Definitely grindy to get those bounties, but I think it's a nice little addition, and I'm happy that they uh, went ahead with it. So and it's pretty good looking gear too, for the most part. Kind of like yeah. that sidearm. I wasn't on, you know, I wasn't on board at first, man, and then I tried it out. And I'm like, dude, I think you're onto something here, man. So I've been. I saved up a bunch of Iron Banner tokens over the last couple of seasons, and I actually spent, I think, about 400 last night trying to get a good Fool's Remedy sidearm. Um, I didn't get a roll that I was happy with, but uh, I have been using a lot of the Forward Path, which I know that you don't like the muzzle flash on it. Um, I, I don't have an issue with it right now, at least, um, and I have a pretty decent roll with, uh, with Dynamic Sway Reduction, and I forget the other perk, but I know I don't feel any recoil at all with the Masterwork stability, so... It hits really hard, in my opinion, and, and, and if you're on, you're on with it. There is there is no going back, you know. I know um, Soros is one that can definitely counter it, as well as Gnawing Hunger. Um, but it's just a nice little gun, and it doesn't take up an exotic slot for me as well. So uh, That's the best part. 
Yeah, is it's not an exotic uh, on on all of these weapons and all of these armors. Uh, these two new weapons that they just reprised and reintroduced, I think, are the best out of the bunch. There is no, I don't really use Bite of the Fox. I don't use the Scout Rifle, Talons of the Eagle. Um, I don't use a lot of the other weapons. These two weapons are PvP weapons, in my opinion. I know you use the sidearm for like prophecy and things like that, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, it was it was really cool in those aspects to kind of see a lot of these weapons come back. Um, I like the Iron Banner sets just in general, even over the years. So a lot of their armor looks really sharp. Uh, hopefully with the new expansion, uh, my hope is they bring in new Trials armor and new Iron Banner armor that has never been used before. Um, yeah. I think we need a refresh, man. I think a lot of people miss vendor roles. And way back in Destiny 1, you used to have all of the vendors every week would have a role on a weapon where if you got a really good palindrome, which was the good side, uh, good um, hand cannon, um, at that point in time, dude, you wouldn't need another palindrome. Uh, everyone called it the pally. Um, and you would get a really good hand, hand cannon roll on that that would outshoot uh, Hawk Moon and all that kind of stuff. And all of those were fantastic. So, um, but yeah, man, that's that's Iron Banner in a nutshell right now. The pinnacles, I kind of agree with you. We need more pinnacle sources. And I think Iron Banner is definitely a way now with connection based matchmaking is a good way to get in there, get your pinnacles, boost your power level. Um, get to max level prior to the new expansion. Not that you'll need to. I'm sure there'll be a way to get you up there. Um, but it's just uh, Iron Banner has been probably the most enjoyable uh, in the last year or two that I've had in a very long time. I mean, we giggled for hours last night playing it, and it was just uh, it, it was just a ton of fun. And I think Bungie's on the right path with a lot of the stuff that they're bringing. So uh, I try to keep it positive because I love Bungie. I'm very passionate about the game that they've created, and I've never invested six years into any video game in my entire life. So this is something that I'm very passionate about, and uh, I'm glad you're along for the ride for now, man, for it. So Yeah, it's um, a lot of fun. And, and I enjoy talking about it as well as Anthony does as well. That's why we created this thing here. Um, we're going to close out here with something a little new that a lot of people don't like to do or don't do in general that, uh, that it's, kind of it's, it's going to engage you guys a little bit that are out there listening right now. We're going to take uh, two sections here where we're going to guess – or try to guess because we're recording these on Thursdays after the Schwab comes out. We do a little recording just to make sure that we get up to date info um, as well as browse over Twitter and Reddit for any kind of leaks and any information that we can share and not be total douches about it. Um, but uh, in terms of Zer, right, Zer is going to be coming tomorrow, which a lot of you guys are going to be hearing it. Zer will be here today for all of those for Friday. We're going to guess what weapon he's he's going to bring in at, at Every episode, which is going to be once a week is the goal, we're going to try to keep a, a standing uh, on, on who has what in terms of guesses. Um, so if you want to take your first guess here, man, and then we have one more thing at the very end of this prior to us saying goodbye. Um, what do you think or what do you hope? Probably even for you, man, because I you may not have every weapon out there. Right. So, yeah. There's a couple right. I'm missing. Um, if I had to guess one that I just want to guess because I really want it to be true because I want it. Um, I'm going to guess Trinity Ghoul. That's what I think Ooh, the, yeah. uh, the weapon's going to be. Big buff this season as well. It seems like, although it seems to be the same, but now that they have the catalyst for it, uh, that thing absolutely shreds and PvE. Yeah. I love it, actually. I was doing um, contact with it, which we didn't really talk about in Season of Arrivals, but the contact public event is one of the best ones I think they've had in a bit. Uh, but it was shredding in that, where you hit one in the head and it zaps everybody else um, after you you know proc the perk and such. Um, so you're going with Trinity Ghoul. Is that just because you don't Ghoul. have it, or is that just because it's it's something that you want? It's just well, I think it's I think it's partial. Like I haven't seen it. Like and I've been on. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think it dropped at all last season. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I just think because when we go back to last season, I know like Hard Light was like used so much in trials when we were running and just mm -hmm. normal uh, PvP. And I think there was like a couple weeks after that, like everyone was just complaining about hard life. He finally had it, right? He had it. Yeah. So like, I just think, and I'm just kind of just, you know, I, again, it's a guess, but just the 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 amount of buffs that it has and how great it is for ad clearing, I just think that. I think it'll be a drop tomorrow. I don't know. I have a good feeling about it. It's something cool too. Cause, you know, I know you just got the other bow from Shattered Throne, so to have another exotic bow to kind of tinker around with is pretty cool. And it does right. have a, it 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 does hit hard, and it's it's cool. Like a lot of the weapons that I like, uh, like Graviton Lance and Sunshot, a lot of those have a lot of spectacle to them. When you hit somebody the right way, just explosions happen, and there's no other satisfying, um, you know, feeling. So you will get that with Trinity Ghoul if it comes out tomorrow. 
Um, my guess is uh, this was one of the first exotics that I've gotten, but it's just a guess just based on I haven't seen it in a bit is going to be Merciless. I don't know if you've even heard of that one yet. Um, uh, I've heard of Merciless. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. fusion rifle. So uh, that was the first uh, gun that we used on the original uh, Leviathan raid with Callus. That was the first two plates. It would charge to a point that every time that you did damage and didn't get a kill, it would shoot faster and faster and faster. So I'm not good with sound effects, but let's just say you did like a zoom and then it would do like zoom, 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 zoom. And you can melt him so fast with it that that was the very first gun that I've actually used on a raid boss in D2 uh, vanilla raid. So I'm thinking the Merciless is going to come out tomorrow. Um, for all of you new light players that have not experienced that yet, it's not very, it's, it's not used much nowadays, but it is something fun to have. And it's cool to collect. That's what a lot of this stuff's about. I'm a collector. So if I don't have something, I'm going to try to get it. Um, unfortunately, right now I have everything. So I'm <laughs> guessing for everybody, uh, I played the heck out of this game, man. Um, so uh, with that, we have Anthony is going to go with the Trinity Ghoul. I'm going to go with Merciless. And uh, we've used a couple of guns during Iron Banner and PvP this week. So um, I don't know if you want to give yours as well or if we're just going to do one. Because I, I, I mean, I have one for this week that I did that uh, I had the catalyst for so long. And I'll kind of yeah. give them my opinion first of what you should try. Uh, I'm putting a lot of content together right now for it as well. Uh, sure. Um, to kind of talk, yeah, to talk yeah. about it really quick though. Um, the the we're gonna do another segment. Um, and this is gonna be exotic for the week. So yeah. what we're gonna try to do here is um every week. So once we release the episode, do the recording for it, we're going to pick one exotic that we're going to favor that week. So regardless of we're playing PVE or PVP, um, we're going to be using that exotic and nothing else. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Mike, if you want to go ahead with yours, and then I'll uh, decide what I'm going to sure. do. Sure. Or, or even if, how about next week, you do yours. You just kind of go with what you're going to use this week, and that way it's not just here's my opinion, and that you know is the best one, and that way you're not kind of overloading, and that way we can keep exotics per week. It's only one a week. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Go ahead. That's cool. So, yeah. um, all, all all of this really hasn't been decided. Um, but in terms of the exotic for the week. Um, I say if you guys are going through Iron Banner, which is going to leave on Tuesday, try out Vigilance Wing. So I know me personally, pulse rifles do feel to hit a lot better. If you have any of the Redrix's broadsword or claymores, you'll notice that a lot of people are using them again because the high-impact pulse rifles are just absolutely insane. Vigilance Wing shoots four shots instead of three. So I was two-mapping people, two-bursting people all night in trials last night. I got a lot of nasty messages um, which they tried to add me and a lot of people I'll add just to be like, Hey man, like, you know, what's going on. And, uh, a lot of people were like, of course you would use vigilance wing. You know, it's a, it's a noob gun or something or, or another, but, um, it is, if you have good aim with it and you hit both bursts in the head, it's a two burst gun. I finally got the catalyst for it because it was kind of subpar previously. You had a lot of hand cannon and a lot of sniper rifle meta. Um, now that, you know, fell winters is back out. You have a lot of sliding shotguns. Um, but I would say try to mess around with Vigilance Wing if you guys are new to it, if you don't have it yet. Um, I mean, that may even come from Zer, although that's none of our guesses. He may have Vigilance Wing, and who knows, but I would give it a whirl. Um, expect, if you guys want, to peep my personal YouTube as well. Um, I'm going to start kind of combining this podcast a little bit with some footage in terms of if we have an exotic for the week or if Zer has something as well can see uh some actual video footage of why i may think that this exotic is worth using so um yeah man that kind of closes out our first episode dude uh i would i would gladly like if you guys can drop a follow on the twitter again at hello guardian uh we do have a placeholder logo right now we have in the works probably before the next episode airs we'll have it more professional looking um, I threw something a little bit together just to kind of get this show on the road i was anxious to finally doing this i wanted to you know, try to bounce into this prior to the next expansion. And that way we can hype up everybody as well as we're hyped right now. Cause uh, I mean, we talk about it once a night, man. Like I just want this next expansion to come out. I just, I want it. Uh, yep. I want the content. It's, it's going to be fun, man. I'm, I'm really excited. And, and this for, and I think for me, just being a new light player, getting to play a destiny expansion when it launches and not playing it once everyone is, you know, years down the road past it. And I'm just getting into it. Like, Kate six is dead what like you know like like that's um it'll be it'll be nice to kind of to kind of go through new content together so uh this is a really good build up 
and to, to any new light players um again uh you know you definitely leave uh comments with the podcast um this definitely will go up on youtube as well so there'll be a video aspect to it as well playing um you can also listen to uh it just the audio version as well that'll be available on podcast but uh yeah engage with us uh tell us if you are a uh, a new light player if you're a veteran destiny player whatever it is um, we want community engagement and we want to create a community that is excited about the game because we're excited about it i know that this is a turning point in destiny's history and there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff going on yeah. and we'll talk about that more in future episodes but i think for now i think we've uh we've definitely left enough i would say yeah um, yeah 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 there's a lot left uh you know i know we're going to be planning on the next episode probably in the next couple of days or so uh depending on how social media goes and kind of like Anthony said, we really want to build a positive community around this, people that want to engage with each other. There's a lot of negativity right now on social media and in the world in general. We'd love to be the place that you guys can come to and kind of distress a little bit and be like, hey, maybe I didn't know this about Destiny or hey, maybe they said something that I can correct them. I'm all cool with being wrong. If you guys hear anything along this podcast that even if I say a wrong weapon, we want to know about it, right? We want to be better for everybody. Uh, me being the veteran, I should know all of this stuff too. So I may take it a little personal at first, but I promise you I won't write anything bad. Um, <laughs> anything is welcomed. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, again, if you have any questions, uh, please feel free to comment on Twitter, anywhere that this podcast is listed that has the ability of also giving a thumbs up if you guys like the content. Um, and I appreciate you guys for tuning in to the first episode of Hello Guardian. Take it easy, guys. Later, guys.